one time I was at this Catholic church and uh, I, I slipped out and uh, me and my buddy did. And we, we kind of got lost down these side hallways and we really thought we were going to like step right into like a confessional booth in these dark hallway. And so um, that story is just for free. Uh, Christine and I are about to have an awesome conversation about confession. And so hope this helps you. Um, whatever baggage you bring to the table um, with this idea or this world, that word, maybe you've read this in scripture that we're supposed to confess, but really don't know what that looks like. Well, let's talk about it. Hope this helps. Hello and welcome to the Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. I am Christina Scott here with lead pastor of Fathom Church, Kyle Nelson. Delighting in the disciplines, part three. Delighting. Or four, depending on whoever's counting. <laughs> I don't really know. I think we're three. Okay. Four. No, you're right. We had that intro, had intro one that we called one. So it's yes, we're episode. in the third discipline, there we go. but the fourth episode. So I was right in yes. both ways. Always. And no, not <laughs> even close to being always. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're going to talk about confession. That's so, what's up. Right. <laughs> we could not have planned that right. any better. That often failing and needing to confess. Yeah. We're going to talk about confession. We are. We're going to talk about confession. For those of you with a Catholic background, just hang on. Like right. we are going to help you through this. Yeah. So it's so <laughs> Or funny. like bad accountability partner experiences. Come on. Yeah. Like, come on. We're going to help you. Yeah. Rediscover the discipline of the confession. The discipline of confession. I actually was going to ask you, I was going to be like, what do you think of when you hear that word? Because I fully do think of, I've, I never, I don't, I have one experience at a Catholic service, Okay. period, just mm-hmm. one. And it was a Christmas. It was like a midnight mass. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful, right? It was just this, it's as far as like the, the pomp and the mm-hmm. circumstance of it, it was a, it was a beautiful thing to behold. Um, but when I hear that word confession, the first thing I think of is that practice of like the shit. Step into the booth. Yes. Yeah. You don't know who's over there, but you know it's a, you know it's can, a priest. Can I just say evangelical pastors are very underrepresented <laughs> in all of mass media. <laughs> like even like when I just meet non-believers who like haven't stepped foot in the church and like you know, their whole life. They, I think they just picture me mm-hmm. sitting behind a confessional, you know, with a with collar. The collar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, I don't, I don't even remember where we were. No, My brain just, is now that on. Was, so like, that's what I think of when I think of confession, we're really like proximity booth, yeah. wise, we're very, very close to a large Catholic for sure church, which is also a large Catholic community in mm-hmm. our area. So yep. like where Fathom church sits is super, super close to a, a, an enormous Catholic Yeah, church. and we uh, we hold DNA sessions here. It's kind of like our, uh, I don't even know what, what <laughs> it's like our get connected and kind yeah. of get to know our church, us to get to know you environment. And we always ask people like, what's your faith story? What's your fathom story? Like what's kind of been your journey on faith? And there's a lot of people we come across that, I mean, we were in one this weekend yeah. and Catholicism is a part of that. And so that's what some understand as confession um, others who grew up in maybe a different environment, uh, maybe got into a youth group and got into an environment where it's like, yeah, we're going to confess to one another. Oh, we're going to be yeah. accountable to one another. Okay. And and that just ended up getting weird, getting yeah. weird and kind of going in, in lots of different directions. And I've heard of some of that, like that, of that sort of like birthed the... Um, 
like uh, accountability software is some of this, like yeah. some of these like church youth groups and stuff like that accountability software for like yeah. computers and stuff was sort of birthed out of that, yeah. like going the next level. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a discipline and really what it is, is to confess your sin, like confess mm-hmm. your failings, um, your shortcomings as a, as a discipline. And the scripture comes out right to tell us, confess your sins one to another mm-hmm. so that you may be healed, James five sixteen, Um, and it comes as a command there. We, we do see elements of confession, but for Jesus, I think we're, we're, we're always going to look to Jesus and so many of his Christ in this, though he never sinned. He, so he didn't, he didn't sin. So he didn't have to confess sin, but did, Jesus did confess a lot about where he was at. Oh, right. Yeah. When he was, you Weaknesses, know, maybe like in just his humanity, yeah. right? Our, our humanity. And so I don't know which direction you want to go with this. We can go all kinds of directions. Well, I would love to talk about how, even though Jesus didn't, um, clearly, clearly have a need to confess sin. Like he had no need to confess sin because he had no sin, but he gave examples. There are examples in scripture where he's telling stories and he's saying, this is a practice that you like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's saying, this is a practice that you should do. Um, when you, this is a very different side note though, cause that is the way I want to go. But when you were saying that the scripture points right to it, I was, I immediately went, you know, I don't know addresses of scriptures, but I know the scripture. And as you were saying that for James 5, 16, <laughs> yes, exactly. As soon as you, um, were talking about James five sixteen, immediately to my brain came confess your sin. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. Mm-hmm. And so like, as we get into where Jesus tells us to do that, it's not, it's because if we confess it and acknowledge that sin, like he is faithful, God is faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And that's through Jesus that we get that. And so I don't, I think it's important before we get into like what confession is and the practicality of what that looks like to recognize why. Yeah. 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 Forgiveness, healing. Yes. Uh, A a result, not shame, condemnation, not, you know, someone to beat you up, Mm -mm. you Mm know, and sometimes that's what this, you know, looks at or give you a list of things to do from here. It's so that you can be forgiven and you could be made whole and your heart healed. I think too, sometimes like the, the reverse of that also, it's not, we don't do confession so that slowly we're doing less confession and like, oh, somebody else is going to know that I'm getting better, like that I'm doing it better that I'm, you know, that I, whatever, like, okay, we start here and then we're, you know, that's not what it's about because I think that the more that we confess, humbly come to the Lord and recognize and, and be humble and like, right, like, no, I'm, I don't want to do this. And this is not like, I see that I've sinned against you. He forgives us. And then he reveals to us these other ways that we haven't yet understood Mm -hmm. that he's so just so kind and so gentle in that, that he doesn't reveal to us every single sin we have lurking 
It's a it's a yeah, coming sweet. back to the Lord. It's a coming back to Him, um, as we we do because you know, I think we're prone to do what Adam and Eve did, which is hide mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in our sin and to when we mess up, want to tell no one about it and actually just sit in the shame of all of it. And so we were talking before, and and you mentioned the prodigal son. Yeah. And just, is that what you're pulling up? No, I'm actually pulling up something different, but roll with it. Um, You were mentioning the prodigal son, and it's such a beautiful, again, from the mouth of Jesus, he tells the story of this son who just basically told his dad, I wish you were dead, and went off and just lived wildly and did what he wanted to do. And eventually, and, and I always... I always am moved by the prodigal son's reality where the pig slop just looks good to Mm -hmm, him and and his standards have been so lowered Mm. that he, he's just, he's so far from where he wanted to be Mm -hmm. and his reality is so different. And, um, and I think a lot of us, we've been, (laughs) we've been there before where it's like, how in the world did I get here? And, um, he, he eventually, you know, gets sick and tired of being sick and tired and kind of jumps through all these things in his head and says, okay, my, my best option is to go home. And he comes home and on his way home, he, you know, prays that, you know, he asks his dad, his dad comes running to him. First of Mm -hmm. all, you know, lifting his long garment to show his legs, taking on the shame for himself Mm -hmm. that, that in that culture, and um, didn't wait, wasn't clicking his, you know, tapping his toe and came running to him. And his, his then the son asked to just be taken back as a servant. And he mm-hmm. says, no, 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 you're going to come back as a servant. You're as my son. And, you know, he took off his tunic and his signet ring and, and just celebrated him. And, you know, yeah. you know, asked his brother to come celebrate with him. Talk about celebration. Right. I don't, did we ever end up talking about that in celebration? I don't know. I don't think we did. No, yeah. but that's I think whole, we talked about it off. Yeah, we off did. Recording. Yeah. It's a whole lesson in celebration that the, the older yeah, son, sure. the older brother, um, couldn't partake, couldn't yeah. celebrate with his brother in that. Um, but yeah, he comes home and he confesses, right. you know, I've sinned. You know. And that's his father running to him in joy. He sees that. It's not mm-hmm. as if he can't recognize that his father's happy to see him. Right. You know, his he can see that. He he sees what's happening, that his father is is thrilled, right? And he's he sees this beaming father running to him with pride, and yet he stops in the middle of that. He stops and says, Father, mm-hmm. like I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. And like I'm if I can just come back as a servant, like I'm willing to do that. I recognize mm-hmm. what I squandered and I'll come back to you as a servant. If I can just be here in your house. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, our kind of shortcomings as, you know, humans, as human friends, as human employees, as, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ as husbands and fathers and mothers and daughters and wives. Um, it gives us a lot of room for confession. True. <laughs> like there is so much room for it because we're just not perfect. And I think this, I don't know, there's just this desire, especially in, in some that's extraordinary just desire for perfection that mm-hmm. just cannot be achieved. It was achieved in Jesus Christ right. once and for all. 
But for us, this rhythm, this habit, this discipline of confession must be a part of our everyday life as a believer. Yeah. Not perfection's not going to be a part of my reality, but mm-hmm. confession will be. Right. Um, to confess like Jesus that I'm tired mm-hmm. to the point of death. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 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 soul is sorrow mm-hmm. sorrowful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right. I'm tired. I'm gonna mm-hmm. sit down. I, I need a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all, all yeah. these these are like small confessions to the large ones that. I'm sorry, I made a drastic sin when I said that mm-hmm. or when I did this or mm-hmm. when I, I fell in this area. And so and it, that going back to the, the passage in James, confess your sins one to another so you, that you may be healed. Um, uh, I remember I was like 19, 20 years old and I was in college and... Um, I was learning Christian friendship. I was learning Christian community. Uh, my dad was my youth pastor. Um, I led worship, you know, in our youth group. And, um, you know, I was like a leader among the leaders mm-hmm. and was just helping to, to lead at school and, and church. And um, But I didn't really understand Christian community, like truly didn't understand it. It wasn't that it wasn't present. Right, I didn't right, understand right. it. And then um, I got to college and I had this group of friends that we were all, we were all pursuing the Lord. Like most of us felt a call to ministry. And uh, I remember one day we were just sitting out on, I don't even remember whose truck it was, but we were sitting on the tailgate in the bed of some guy's truck out on a farm. I don't even know whose farm. (laughs) We were out in the middle of country. And we just sat there for about an hour and a half, um, and it mostly sounded like guys telling stupid stories about things they had done in high school. Um, but every single one of them were things that every single guy was deeply ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I realized really after that hour and a half talk what James 5.16 meant. Mm-hmm. Confess your sins and, and um, pray for one another so that you may be healed. Because we just... We laughed and we cried and we shared a lot more than what we've shared. And um, and it was healing. It was freeing. Yeah. It wasn't just that it, the act of doing it, but it was it was hearts that were submitted to the Lord. And like there was freedom that was taking place right. through this. And we were moving toward back to we were coming back home out of shame that each of us had carried in different mm-hmm. areas. So. Um, yeah, that's a very personal experience of, right. of that confession in our life, but um, there's very tangible representations to that in my daily parenting life and as a father and as a husband Yeah, too. I think, right, and this is certainly not, um, you know, strictly with a, a ministry calling, but I think a lot you were talking about this, this idea of perfection perfectionism and being wrapped up in it. And that was, so what I was pulling up when you asked me what I was opening to is the, um, Luke 18, the Pharisee and the tax collector Mm -hmm. and where the Pharisee is like, blah, blah, blah. I'm so great. And like his form of confession is look at me, look at me. Yeah. And the tax collector there, the, the bane of everyone's existence, Mm -hmm. the lowest of the low is there beating his chest. And saying, like, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. And this idea that 
there that the the struggle of perfectionism sometimes can um, be a barrier. It's I don't think that the Pharisee didn't know his sin. It's that he was unwilling to let other people see mm-hmm. his struggle. Oh yeah. Right, and the tax collector is so aware <laughs> of what a bane to everyone he is that he's unburdened yeah. by the idea that they could think less of him. Yeah. And so, but that form of confession, this like public beating your chest to the whole world, like that's not what I'm suggesting. Yeah. But just that heart, it's that the heart of this the tax collector knowing and recognizing that there is a merciful god mhm yeah that will meet him that's in it, the yeah. middle of that yeah yeah and i guess that's my encouragement to everybody listening in developing this habit this rhythm mm-hmm. um as the lord illumines in our heart and convicts us and we realize man i've i've messed this up don't just say okay god i'm i'm sorry for this, you know, would you forgive me? Say that. Mm-hmm. Um, humble yourself and don't be okay with your sin. Um, but then find someone. Right. Next 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, and just say, hey, I need to I need to just confess this. I've, I've worked this out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've taught this out, but it, it's important for me that I do this um, and, and share this with you. I'm not asking them to fix anything. Right. Would you pray with me? Yeah. You know, and, and, and just to receive that prayer of just, uh, just receive that and watch what God does in that. Um, that's very different than what we often do, mm-hmm. which is I messed up. I don't want to recognize it. I'm going to feel shame about it. And then over and over and over again, we feel worse. And it's like our identity is now and I'm this failure over yeah. and over again. So it's a hard one. It's a hard one, but it's a healing one too. And um, I think you'll find freedom in it. I think you'll find healing in it. Um, doesn't have to be to everybody. It shouldn't be everybody. It shouldn't be the whole wide world, and it shouldn't be on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but I said it in our sermon um, here recently. Not everybody needs a hundred percent, but somebody does. Right. Um, and it may not be one person knowing everything. <laughs> it right. may be this person knows this part, and we haven't got into that part. But this person, I feel comfortable to share this with. They get it, and and they'll be there for me in this. So. Um, yeah. yeah. And that recognizing that, um, that those, that trusted person, um, typically is going to be one of those people who is practicing biblical friendship with you. For sure. <laughs> like this is not going to be, it's for sure not Facebook. I love that you said that. I just want to repeat that. <laughs> like it is not social media confession because there isn't, there isn't that, um, that active, there's something like very passive about that, throwing it up on Facebook and then not actually having the prayer and not doing the receiving and the, the healing. Like that's really not yeah. that. So, um, but I, I love that. And I quote you a lot with that. Everybody doesn't need to know everything, but someone needs to know, like everybody doesn't need a hundred percent. Yeah, That's exhausting. Yeah. Um, but, but someone does need to know everything. And, um, I think that that's just, it's a, a part of, this is a part, right. We're talking about a, a, a biblical yeah. worldview and a life and all of these things, these things fit together that 
you know, they fit together to form us and our habits form us and our life. I, I would, I would say this is one of those, if, if we looked at the spiritual disciplines and habits as a, a body of exercise, um, this is a core workout. Mm, oh. <laughs> I really do think this is this a core is a, workout. It's really yeah. connected to a lot of other things yeah. because, um, it it realigns us back with a, a purity of heart and um, and healing and wholeness that really is core and central to um, our ability, like how we worship and our fellowship and all of our connection there. It, it it breaks things up in us and and frankly keeps us humble to be able to receive what God's giving us and pouring out to us in all the other ways. So yeah, so we're glad that you joined us for this activity, like this discipline of engagement, discipline of activity. We'll be back next week with, yes, you guessed it, another (laughs) spiritual discipline of abstinence or one of letting go. Um, We hope that you're enjoying this like back and forth and that we didn't just do nine straight weeks of abstinence, (laughs) nine straight weeks of letting go. But if you have any questions um, or you just want to talk about how how these things are working, how practically these things are working together in your life, we would love for you to email info at fathom.church or you can text the keyword fathom to 97,000 and follow the prompts. We'd love to stay connected throughout this series and just let us know how you're doing. Uh, We'll see you back here next week. Nailed it. Love you.